What's going on, everyone? Long time since a podcast. <laughs> uh, so, just a quick update of what I've been up to since last time I posted. Uh, it was in Chile, Pucon to be exact. So, I headed north there and did some pretty cool stuff there. And then went to Bolivia, more cool stuff there. And then now I'm in Peru, which I've just done the other day, the five-day Sakatai trek to Machu Picchu, which unbelievable highly recommend for people to do so this podcast is just a re-edited version of episode one with Hayden Williams what the fuck is a float and Hayden's just doing a bit of promoting and he wants to try and you know broaden his uh, customer base and wants to really educate people about float tanks which aka sensory deprivation tanks so he's asked me to post this uh, podcast again so happy to oblige and I really enjoyed it anyway so it'll be great and it'd be also a good quick update of what's going on with the lack of podcasts on my behalf so yeah I've run out of guests and I've only got one saved at the moment I thought I would uh had the opportunity to interview more people but it just wasn't the case and it's yeah so I have I've had a lot of self-reflection and Obviously, I really love the, the raw interviews with, you know, uh, interviewing people face-to-face, but I might have to reshape my business model and just do it online as well And because I'll get way more of a interview, a chance to interview guests that way, and I think it's a great opportunity to really broaden my uh, audience as well. So just bear with me, folks. There will be more coming soon. I just need a lot to do. And I need to do my website as well. So remember, do it now, figure it out later. And that's what I'm doing. So I hope you enjoy this uh, podcast. It's really good. And uh, yeah. And if you have any further questions or feedback for me, just go on my Instagram or Facebook page, Human Salmon, pretty easy to find. And yeah, I really post my adventures on Instagram and I've had a lot of positive feedback from that. So Without further ado, let's get this podcast on the way. Hayden Williams, what the fuck is a float? Let's intrigue the salmon. And we're on. Hayden, my man. How you going? Good, brother. So to the audiences out there, this is our second podcast because what happened, Hayden? <laughs> we did a really good one-hour podcast mm. and um, yeah, flew really well. And I fucking deleted it. <laughs> deleted it all. Idiot O. Our first ever podcast. But... I won't forget, mate. Lost my podcast virginity to you. It's up in here. Mm, so <laughs> nice. All right, man. Um, I suppose to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, floating and neurofeedback is going to be top topic of this podcast, which we'll dwell into a bit later for all these audience that don't know. But, man, let's start off from when you grew up. Just a little kind of biography about yourself, if you can. Kind of all put in a nice little bow, if you can, and then... Go from there. Yeah, well, um, keep it short and sweet, like me. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, my sex life, <laughs> very short and sweet. Uh, well, I was born in Viviish in Perth. Um, I was about eight months when my parents moved me over to Thailand. Um, sort of firstly picked up that language just as much as you can before the age of three. Um, so experienced sort of that lifestyle. Um, and then when I was about three and a half, my little brother was born. And my parents decided to move us over to um, Australia, to Perth. And, yeah, came over here and experienced growing up here. Um, 
cut you off there. What made him come to Perth? Why Perth? Well, first of all, my mum's Thai. My dad's from Perth, Australian. So ah, right. Yep, yep. And I suppose it's the whole safety and education of things. It's yep. like a land of opportunity yeah. kind of thing, and which it, yeah, definitely I'm glad is. they did. They say um, you know, most of your character is sort of comes from your first seven years of your life, and I'm, I'm pretty happy they got to experience sort of half and half in each different location. That's good, yeah. man. You know, you've experienced kind of two different cultures, so to speak, which yeah. I think has an advantage in itself. That's good. I mean, so it has, has its pros and cons, but I'm sure it contributed to like the you know, ability to cultivate creativity yep. and hold two opposing ideas at the same time. That's good, man. Okay, cool. So you've moved to Perth as a family. Yep. Well, how old were you then? About three and a half to four years old. Yep. Okay, cool. So after then, like obviously you lived the normal kind of civilian life. Went to school, high school, that kind of stuff. Any um, big moments in there that shaped who you are now? Well, I suppose coming over and sort of at the time I was kind of different to everybody else being half Asian, half Australian. So I've yep. always felt like a bit of a, an outcast um, and that, I guess, contributed to the way I've sort of developed my thinking. Well, man, like defines who you are. Yeah. I know you had to reflect on it a bit, but like gives you that resilience and probably, you know, opens your eyes. Being that foreigner would not have been easy, I could imagine. Could yeah, have I its mean, challenges. But yeah. also, back to pros and cons, going back there, really. Yeah, I mean, like, now it's really good. Everything's really multicultural, so, yep. um, yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a lot there, mate, but <laughs> don't dwell into that deep. Okay, cool. <laughs> For next so, time. Um, you finished high school. So, what happened there, mate, after high school transition? Um, kind of just messed about for a few years, didn't really know what I wanted what? to do. For after high school? Who <laughs> yeah, does that, honestly? <laughs> Ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just live the normal kind of, yeah, let's party it up at that age. I mean... Definitely guilty of that. Yeah, well, there's a lot of pressure on like a 15-year-old to know what they're doing for the rest of their life. I think it's... And to make that decision, so... It's a lot, a lot of people suffer to it. Man, I was guilty of it, you know. It's hard to know what is the right step towards is what is the next step and it's like you know like you're so influenced to try and get that high paying job as they try and well that's what i was taught yeah yeah and yeah it's it's a hard thing man it's a hard transition and who knows hopefully the education system fixes that because right now i think it's pretty dull at the moment yeah, it has a lot of um, disadvantages. I mean, we're, we're doing our best. I mean, who I the think. fuck uses algebra now? Jeez, yeah. I need no. to learn about taxes and stuff, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, yeah, definitely, no, it's definitely flawed and needs to be worked on. Um, yeah, I mean, there should be a focus in teaching people how to think, not yeah. what to memorize. Definitely, man. What to think, yeah. yeah. Should be molded to, like, what that child's strengths are, yeah. you know? Like, we all can be... Is those Albert Einstein quotes, everybody is a genius, but you judge a ability for a fish to climb a tree, it's going to think its whole life being stupid. Yeah, such a good um, saying because mm. everyone does have their ways of learning and exactly right. strengths and weaknesses. And, um, and, you know, everyone's intelligent in their own individual way. You know, some people might not be able to, like, um, like, like cognitive thinking kind of thing, like um, real into like maths and English and thing, but they can do good with their hands, you know. Like, can be creative. Yeah, like, and unfortunately, you have this grading system where it's it's like who's the most intelligent, which is wrong. Like, and it's not a healthy culture. But yeah, we could kick on into that. That's another conversation itself yeah, for sure. Mm. So, 
Sorry, man. So you obviously went to that transition where you didn't know what you wanted to do. So obviously you just kind of took it easy for a bit, a few years off. Yeah, I just yeah. messed around, run amok, um, yep. ended up meeting some cool and crazy people on the way. Yep. Um, chicks having some <laughs> <laughs> crazy relationships. Uh, ended up sort of my first full-time real gig was at a gold mine down south in Boddington. Um, yep. That was a whole like sort of a wake-up call to me. How old were you then? About, I think, 22 or 23, yep. yeah. Okay. So I was thrusted in a whole new environment and yep. I was completely green. So that was like, yeah, complete wake-up call to me. And there was a lot of anxiety that came with that. Um, you know, I like to dwell into that big transition. So like when you first came to mind, so what did you? what are your thoughts to what you think it was going to be? Like, did you think like, oh, did you have any idea how it kind of works in a sense? Like even the work environment or how it, anything like that at all? Uh, yeah, not not that I can think of. I didn't really have too much expectations of it, but um, just the environment was just I've just the same again. Just felt completely like I was outcasted, and I was just had I put my sort of I projected my thoughts of what everyone would have thought of me uh, onto the world, and that yep. didn't really serve me and caused me more anxiety, and I couldn't really focus on learning the systems up, and it was like yeah, kind of just I was kind of just surviving. And, um, so you're, yeah, so you're obviously just a bit uncomfortable being thrown into a position where you're not familiar with, pretty much thrown into the deep end. So they can associate with school, maybe in a new workplace. Is that what yeah, you're kind just, of feeling? Just completely different kind of people. And um, I was socially awkward, I guess. Yep. I wasn't really good at talking to people or yep. being present at the time. I had a lot of anxiety. Yep. So then you worked there for how long? About, um, yeah, seven months. And then sort of just contracted there then I kind of had a few conversations and figured that if I moved to like a sort of a smaller mine I could you know sort of learn a bit more and yep. broaden my horizons so sort of searched and went to a recruitment agency and looked for a different place and um yep. ended up finding a job at in Leonora Sons of Gualia where I met you Jack hey Barbara eh? <laughs> yeah Some good memories there yep which you're currently still in now at the moment yeah so just over five years I've been there now and um yep. yeah it's a bit what, what was your job title and when so, you first started? So I was, yeah, came, became a process technician and that job involves dealing with like many different personalities and learning up these systems and you get a bit of talk on the radio and mm. enter data yep. and do a lot of maintenance and cleaning up and just, yeah, just understanding the systems. Pressing buttons. Yeah. So you're <laughs> basically uh, crushing rock down into a gold yeah. bar using these big systems. It's hard to kind of explain more in depth to that really, but that's probably as simplified would go without yeah. confusing too much. I always use the um, term, when people ask me about the job, I kind of use the example of Homer Simpson at the nuclear power plant <laughs> in, in the control room. Clicking buttons, that's like a big part of our role. Yeah, I wish it was that easy though. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was, there's sometimes, it is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so cool, man. You were there and I know obviously myself but used to being there. You transitioned to a new role and what was that? Yeah, so my title now is a health and safety advisor um, and there's sort of three components to my role. I deal with the um, like legal compliance and safety and work practices and I also get to train and be a part of our emergency response team. So anytime there is an emergency, uh, we'll have to respond to it using different disciplines. Could be like, you know, firefighting, rope and yeah. rescue, um, cutting open a car, uh, you know, dealing with hazardous chemicals and you get the fire truck and chemical suits. And um, those audience out there, does give good mouth to mouth. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's Jack's good. called me up for CPR a few <laughs> times, actually. <laughs> no, that's good. So you've enjoyed the new challenge. Obviously, 
you've only been a few months now, isn't it? Something like that? maybe six months. Yeah, in three months actually. Three. So yeah, I'm okay. just getting. It really suits me. Um, like I get to really work on my time management and organisational skills, yep. and also like every every week, every time I'm there, I get to. I'm responsible for doing induction, so I'm up the front of a classroom with people mm. doing a presentation, sort of introducing them to the mindset and telling them about our rules and what our expectations are. Um, and also every Saturday, I do. I am responsible for the emergency response training so i'm free to sort of train up our emergency response team yep. how i wish and it usually includes you know a couple of hours of um, fitness and then some theory and some team building exercises which can be real fun and then we do like a practical like might set off a fire somewhere and go see how we do respond to that so yep. yeah it's quite an exciting role to be in does sound good man like yep. i've experienced ert first and it is enjoyable yeah uh, it's, it's a pretty good kind of uh tying in everything together so Let's talk about your passion, which we obviously at this float center. Uh, just explain to the listeners what the fuck is a float. Um, maybe it should be more specific to saying it's like a float tank. We could probably start from there. Uh, yeah, just start from there, man. Like, wh- what is it? And go from the benefits, maybe the history about it, whenever you, whatever part you want to start in. Well, um, the whole idea is sensory deprivation. So you're taking away all your senses. And um, this is achieved by being in in an environment built like a pod. And it's sort of half filled with water and 50% uh, Epsom salt, magnesium sulfate. Yep. And um, you get inside this pod and you float in this solution, which has a specific gravity of 1.26. There's no light, no gravity, no sound. So you're just floating in nothingness. And um, it's just a very unique um, experience. And like it has a whole myriad of benefits to it. Uh, when you say experience, mate, can you just dwell into that? So we're obviously just explain what's what it is kind of thing. Uh, someone, you know, wanted to dwell into that. What can they experience maybe from the first float? And then after that, what happens down the path? Yeah, so when you're in it, you go inside the float tank and basically you get to a level where you're just like a mine floating in space. Yep. Um, you sort of sit in a solution like because the whole goal is sensory minimization. You're naked and temperatures are constant, 35 degrees. Um, do you know what's special about 35 degrees? The same as your skin temperature along those yeah, lines? Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, your skin temperature is about 35 degrees. So if you stay still in this solution for long enough, uh, you lose all sensation of where your body starts and ends. Yep. And um, this the whole thing of floating, it started in 1954, got invented by uh, John C. Lilly, which is a neurophysiologist. Repeat that name again. John C. Lilly. Yep. John yep. C. Lilly. Yep. Um, Thank God really, for him. Yeah. <laughs> really clever guy. They talk yep. about him in universities. Like uh, He's done a lot of studies with dolphins. And yep. um, he actually created the pod because he was working at the mental health institution. And then, um, they, they had this thought that... You know, if you took away all your senses, all the stimuli, um, would your brain still function? Yeah, right. So they had an inkling that it, you know, you wouldn't be, wouldn't be functioning because there's nothing to sort of process. But um, quite the opposite happened. And so like a new state kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. Like you take away all those senses and um, you sort of go inwards, and some, something amazing happens. You definitely got to have more than one time, isn't it? And it's hard to adjust to those people, which I'm myself guilty of having that racing mind not be able to, you know, be in tune with that mindfulness kind of just yep. obviously not really reaping the full benefits if I'm incorrect or not. Yeah, to get to the, that full benefit, 
stage of it. Like it can take a few goes, and um, like it definitely took me a few goes. But I'm really like really jealous of most of the people who come through here. They have their first float, and they're just like, yep, yep. I went in there, and um, for me, it was I was complete opposite, man. Because this kind of contributed to uh, my motivation to get this whole thing going and that and to do well in life. Yep. Um, my first sort of go with the float tank i couldn't last 20 minutes by myself i couldn't face my own thoughts i just got bored my mind was like sort of racing around i had like probably low dopamine um and i'm kind of in, in that instant i realized that no, my, my mind my brain probably wasn't functioning as optimal as it could be um and from that first session of realizing that and getting out i came to the conclusion that i should try and float more to um as a way of forcing myself to meditate yeah um you know i'm looking trying to describe the audience to where we are we're obviously at where Hayden runs his business in Willerton and it's a pretty awesome setup like we're at the back here and he's got that tranquil feeling about like I feel like I'm in Bali at the moment obviously much better weather but it's real nice it's got like a straw hut kind of thing and you know Hayden and I have had plenty of conversations about how it was made and if you want to dwell into that if you want like we can even go start from Haddage you know like when you obviously you had your first float years before this business was running uh when did you finally get the motivation to go you know what i could do this i could run my own business uh just try and explain the you know the step processes because it's not easy for someone you know trying to actually commit to that and just go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do this yeah well um i guess Floating, what happened within the first few sessions uh, was that I cultivated a bit of self-worth and self-belief. From that, like, you know, sort of started a journey of self-development, wanting to improve and then also like achieving. Having small achievements allowed me to believe that I can achieve anything. And um, how it all started was that my, actually my brother actually introduced uh, floating to me. He talked, he told me all about it and it intrigued me and I ended up sort of YouTubing it and I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. Um, Amen to him. Yeah. Amen. Daddy's like the Oprah Winfrey of podcasts. Yeah, awesome exactly. Dude. And then, um, yeah, my brother sort of talked about it and I was interested in it. And then I sort of took a while to 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 try my first float. But in the meantime, he'd sort of started floating at this place called Gooseberry Hill, yep. which is the only float center in Perth about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was floating regularly and he is a professional athlete and he was reaping the benefits of it. He was being quite successful in his sport and I could see him sort of you know, grow as a person and do really well. And um, so that kind of inspired me to you know, continue to want to float. And yep. because I'd sort of cultivated this self-worth and self-belief inside the float tank, I was think it became easier for me to um, you know, to make good decisions in my life. Like at every crossroad I'd come to, I'd could easily decide to eat the healthy thing or to get up early or to yep. not, not you know, take certain things. Mm. Um, so by doing that, I sort of stumbled across Neurofeedback, which is another service we um, offer here. Um, and I went and did a few sessions of Neurofeedback. And that just, just before you dwell into the Neurofeedback, just to have a quick explanation of what that is, just for people a bit foreign to it. Yeah, so I'd heard about it. Uh, from a guy named Dave, Dave Asprey. Um, he was originally talking about how there's this thing out there that mirrors your brainwave activity yep. and allows your brain to self-optimize and yep. know, become better. So that quite intrigued me and um, I finally got around to going to this place called the Perth Brain Center. Yep. Um, I was quite skeptical at first. got my one of my really knowledgeable friends to read through the scientific research and he was all for it and happy to 
to try it out with me. So I went to the Perth Brain Center um, and they did a brain scan on me yep. and they found certain things and um, they recommend, they had a few different services there, but they recommended that I do neurofeedback. That was the way forward. And um, <coughs> yeah, I did that. And at first it was just sitting in this chair with these electrodes, reading my brainwave activity and mirroring it back to my ears as music. Um, yep. First few times it just felt like it wasn't really doing anything. And I thought because I'd spend a fair bit of money on it, I was going to keep going with it. Um, at about the 15th session, um, yeah, like I realized something had changed and it like, you know, being able to speak to people without my cardio respiratory symptoms sort of kicking in and my heart sort of fluttering and beating yep. and being anxious and being like super conscious about what other people thought of me, that kind of just dropped off completely. Um, that inner, inner critic dropped off and yep. I, cause I was able to sort of communicate and speak to people a bit better, more comfortably. And that just, yeah, made my life a lot, a lot mm. more better. Um, and also made like, I noticed that my focus is a lot better. So instead of daydreaming and not being able to pay attention, I was able to like actually focus and understand systems and I was doing better at work. I could actually contribute to our meetings and um, yep. yeah, that sort of... And yeah, like, you know, from when I seen you first starting at St. Barbara to definitely now, there's a huge difference. I'm sure likewise is the same. And it sounds like, you know, those two things, the floating and the obviously neurofeedback was went hand in hand to make you better in those situations that you were just explaining obviously remove those anxiety issues and obviously you know things we still work on but you're definitely a lot more confident and i think that's yeah it's very yeah seen man two like best tools i found to to self-improve and the best thing about it you don't have to put in any effort at all you yeah. just have to be there inside the pod just laying there we have to be in that neurofeedback chair and you just sit there and just relax yeah you're in a state of bliss, and at the same time, you're you're self-optimizing. Uh, they're really good tools for human potential. Yeah. So obviously, you do the neurofeedback and the floating. So, who would you recommend to do the neuro as vice to the float? Like, would you recommend both for people? I know it's a bit of a hard question. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, I think like absolutely everyone would benefit it from yep. it if you're wanting to you know sort of self-improve or like if you're completely content with life and you're 100% sure of that then you probably don't need anything really but I think not, most of us are at our normal state which is like a state of bliss and being mm. sort of happy most and, of the time and when we say that truly happy like yeah not, it's truly happy it's man. funny how like we're in this day and age where people are mistaken for happiness with pleasure you yeah know, like you know when you're truly happy when you can say you sit there on your own with your own racing thoughts or whatever's going in your head and you can sit there and be like, I am happy. Yeah. And well, it's, yeah, it's really big, man. Yeah, you don't really realize you're there until you're there. Or big thing about the float tank and with me sort of wanting to get it early my first few times to being in the tank and having that, that voice that was telling me, I'm yep. bored, I need to get out, I'm sad, and people think this of me. That voice just completely disappearing, that inner critic, and then just all of a sudden this sort of flash comes over the top of you and you're just in this state of bliss where you're mm. just like, fuck, yeah. I'm actually happy without even just without even thinking those words. You're just super yeah. happy with yeah. no stimulation. And as you do that, you sort of rewire your brain to be in that state and then yeah. you can like cultivate that in everyday life. You can be in traffic, you can be at work, and you can just be sitting there fully happy with no mm. thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future causing you anxiety and um, you just fully content and happy and the colors are more vibrant and you're just enjoying and, and appreciating yeah. every single moment that's very hard to achieve isn't it in this crazy world of ours you know so much is going on so much uh, like not enough people aren't having you know self-reflection on themselves and asking themselves that important question am i happy 
Yeah. I think it is a very important question what people should be asking themselves. Uh, it's, it's good. Yeah, definitely self-reflection and just, just space to think, man. Like where most of us, most of the time, are like overstimulated mm. with screens and like technology is awesome, man. Yeah. But, you know, the way our brain has evolved and like important to make that space for yourself for yeah. sure. Well, that's good, man. So you've we obviously deviated from the topic we originally talking about before, but no, it's good to you reflected on the benefits of what those two major things, the neurofeedback and the floating, yeah. especially the neuro, which probably was a big one to contribute to obviously the anxiety issues you had before. Uh, I think from where we last picked off... How you, this business started. Yeah, yeah. that's right, man. Yeah. I think you yeah. obviously contributed your brother to a lot of what happened. You obviously saw the benefits to how he was changing. Obviously, that was what prompted you to do that yourself, which obviously you have. So now you knew what the benefits did. What was the step to actually making the business? Because I think that's a pretty important question. Yeah, so I guess what I was talking about is like, you know, what the benefits... I felt and saw and experienced and why it, like that that was the driving factor behind you know, having this decision to open up this service and make it available to the people around me um, yep. and us. Um, it was a sort of a conversation between my brother and my father. Um, he had this building and yeah, leasing it out or renting it out to a real estate company at the time and the lease was coming to its end and we decided we can either rent it out again or we can have a go at uh, you know, running a business. Yep. And we like at the time we were having other athletes, like my brother's friends and our friends, come into the house to use the float tank uh, regularly and, and reaping benefits from it. So we yep. thought, why not just give it a crack? What could go wrong? <laughs> and then, like, you know, words won't describe. Like, it's a big step. You know, like it's not easy actually. You know, talking about something to actually doing it. And kudos to you. And obviously, the journey's not over yet. You know, you still just some um, started pretty much. Yeah. It's good, man. So you obviously, yep, right, we did it. Uh, what, what were the like um, obstacles you had to face to actually getting up and running? Um, probably every single obstacle that is <laughs> yeah. involved in running yep. a business, like having to learn it up for the first time sort of thing. Yep. But obviously as a team Did you have like a, because obviously you said you went with your dad and your brother. Did you, did you have any, let's say like mentors or anything like that? Or was it just all self-taught? Ooh, um... I suppose a lot of it was just like Google and sort of asking friends and family like certain bits of information yep. and stuff. We had like no single real mentor, but um, I think sort of the combined efforts of each like each and every one of us and plus anyone that everyone that contributed to this has different sort of perspectives and talents and skills they yep. you know, brought to the table. Um, even like my mom, man, she was sort of the, um, she's like a devil's advocate. She, the whole idea from the start, she was just like, no, nah, it's not a good idea. And yeah, but right now she's, you know, she's really like contributing yeah. and coming along and making sure the place is all nice and tidy and checking in on us. And yeah, I mean, th- that's a normal thing, isn't it? Really? Yep. You, go, you look at those crazy moves people do and there's always going to be, you know, doubt and just persevering, man, but, which is obviously what you've done. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, yeah, let's, like, we came across a lot of obstacles. Um, I guess being a really like this is fairly new. Like only people are only discovering floating. Although it's been around for that long, yeah. it's only just growing in popularity. I think there's like fifteen yeah. places in Perth now. Yeah. But um, at the time, we were like, we still are the only ones that have opened up in this uh, shire, this council. Yep. And they had no idea. The people we were dealing with had no idea what floating was. And um, this is actually classed as an aquatic facility. So it <laughs> has to abide by the same rule as a swimming pool facility. And um, that includes having to have a lifeguard 
Yeah, that, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. But it, for anyone that hasn't done it, you, if you ever come to a flow, you'll find out why that's ridiculous. It's Yeah. yeah but, you know... That's the crazy world we live in, isn't it? Really? It's ten inches of water, and um, what they <laughs> what they suggested to us uh, in the first instance was that we needed to sign up saying there is no lifeguard in the rooms. And that's just completely ridiculous. Yeah. So um, we sort of had to get around that by putting certain wording in our you know, procedures yep. and clauses and forms and stuff. And um, there's so there's many things like that that they tried to um, impose on us, but we like we sort of persevered and found a way through. And yep. I think that's something that like the tank has definitely and the neurofeedback has definitely helped me cultivate to mm. realize that. Like if someone says no to you or there's someone says something that's impossible, then um, just like keep on yeah. trying. Just be creative. Try different things, man. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like there's always a way. It's so funny. People get too fixated on the actual problem, but you should be looking at the solution. Yeah, you focus more on that, and it's so much more benefit. Which is obviously what you've done. Just get it's creative. Been, yeah, yeah, that's right, man. And yeah, that's every other business would be the same. So many successful stories we could dwell into. A eh? like just perseverance, man. Mm. Yeah. So cool. That's so obviously dealing with the council and all that kind of thing with the policies and procedures. That was a major obstacle. And was any anything else? Obviously, a lot more, but just something that comes to mind, like a real big one. Well, maybe installing them. That would have been pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, like we got our systems from uh, the UK. Uh, one of them's we have. We got two different kind of types of pods. One's the Apollo float tank. Yep made in australia and yep. we got the tranquility pod from the uk's and um we are the only ones with these two systems in wa and um the reason we chose these ones is because they have a heating system that yep. heats it all the way through um which is unlike the other systems in wa which sort of have they have inline heating which only heats it between floats so if you're like an avid floater who is um you know, wants to get to that level then you're going to really appreciate that the temperature stays constant because you're mm. maintaining that environment that allows you to reach that bliss neck level state. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I'm installing them. So I guess, yeah, being the tranquility pods from the UK, uh, there was sort of, we had to try and adapt the, the manual and the re- the wiring to our Australian standard. Yep. And that was a task in itself. So yeah, kudos to our, um, our Sparky who had to, to deal with that. Um, yeah. And that was like looking at like a foreign thing, be like, no sketch or anything like that no blueprints there's nothing was there just couldn't ask anyone for any <laughs> advice really even like Shit, yeah man. just so they had just a lot of sort of back and forth yeah trying to find out what the rules were because we want to do everything right in the first yep. time you don't want yeah, to, that's, yeah that's true yeah cool man so so there were probably just two of them there obviously there would have been obviously little ones any other major that you could come to mind Not really. um probably just like the same thing having to deal with people and customers and yep. all that stuff that's the whole like that's the crux of life is how well, like you know, yep. how well we can actually, because we are social beings. So how well we can sort of deal and associate with this network of people um, yep. is a big thing. And I guess that the business has also contributed to me, um, yeah, overcoming hmm. f- the fears associated with talking to people and yep. providing a service. And that's I feel like me and my brother have overcome that yep. quite well. Yeah. And how many float capsules or pods do you have? Got three, three, three. Yep. yeah. So three rooms for floating and one room for neurofeedback. Yep. Okay. No, that's cool, man. And like, what makes yours different from other people's places? Like, what gives yours that unique feeling? Well, I suppose the um, the heating system and also our chill out area, which you were talking about before. Um, yeah. No, this is pretty kick ass. Like, it's done a good job here. And that was all from 
you guys, wasn't it? You all did yeah. it yourselves. No, it's good. Yeah, well, thank my old man for that one. He's really <laughs> handy and um, he sort of built all this. And yep. Yeah, he's done a great job, man. Like me and you are just sitting on some beanbags, mm. enjoying the sun right now. And it's just, yeah, a real tranquil environment. And I think it's, uh, we're one of the only places that you know, has this community kind of feel to it, isn't it? Really, not just, you know, just a number. You're actually a person and... Man, I've had some pretty deep and spiritual <laughs> conversations at this back. Like. Yeah, we've had some times. Like, um, that's one of the good things about it, is the type of people that come here are really usually great people, yep. open-minded, and I like end up learning a lot because they're telling me about their experience and their knowledge of consciousness yep. and their life and their tips and tricks and stuff. Um, and yeah, just very enlightening talking to the people here. I feel like I learn, I get a lot out of it. Yep. And just the neurofeedback. So really like to talk about that a little bit more because you know that was something that was very foreign to me but obviously until i met you because i think it's it's a pretty important tool uh yeah um, you know obviously it always depends on the individual but how many sessions would you like uh like a base number to really reap the full benefits of it obviously that's a bit of a how long's a piece of string question yeah i guess it all depends how you process the training and your environment um i'd like to say give 20 a go yep to actually re- make sure you reap the full benefits of it like yep. if you have two or three sessions like there's people that have have like reap benefits especially to do with sleeping can becoming more present and um a lot of the time like if you can fix your sleep have better quality sleep and become a little bit more present then everything else is just going to stem from that like you're just going to have more energy to deal with life and people mm. and like it's but yeah it is just yeah you have to give it a go really it's like yep. meditation you don't know how long it's going to take you to, to achieve yep. where you want to be that's good man and even we can talk about the floats so if someone new coming in you know and that's another hard question obviously is there anything they can do kind of outside the float center that can help them achieve that mindfulness state you know and any tips or anything like that and then when they come back they can really get the full kind of transcendence experience which i've experienced and it's really profound that's for sure i think just gratitude man like if you yep. practice that man like each morning have give yourself a bit of space to have gratitude for what you have like your life is already abundant all the things we get to experience mm. like it's it's full of richness um yep. i reckon the three things that you can do which three of the best things for yourself which are basically free man yep is cold showers oh yeah yeah which everyone loves um running called fitness my little my little guy down there doesn't like the cold showers <laughs> yeah. Though, but yeah yeah so yeah cold <laughs> Ladies showers love it um cold showers a bit of fitness however you want to do it cold showers fitness and breathing uh yep. so if you can practice like sort of mindful breathing man like everything sort of stems from that and when, when you say breathing uh, just to emphasize that a little bit what do you mean obviously if, we breathe all the time but there's a different there's, styles of it yeah there's a saying if you can't control your breathing then what else can you can expect to control mm. so how that works is a lot of us actually shallow breathe and that causes us to have like you know anxiety symptoms and then we sort of project and embody if we got like a faster heartbeat and shallow breathing but if you can really slow your your breathing down and practice being yep. present and mindful and then um there's a whole world of benefits okay. that come from that man like getting more oxygen into your organs and oxygenating yourself efficiently mm. to where it is um you can sort that out then yeah that's a big step that's good man and like you know so obviously, just to give the audience an idea of what you do, you obviously work away as on a roster, like a was it like one week on, one week off kind of thing, really to simplify it. 
And then yeah. on your weeks off, you pretty much run this. Yeah. So basically, me and my brother, yeah, family is really helpful. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's a good lifestyle to have, man. Like I really enjoy it. Like I basically got two, two lives, and when I'm there at the mining, I can concentrate full on on that and the good thing about it as well like the whole reason why i wanted to go into the health and safety side of things is because the things i'm sort of working on there and learning is really intertwined with the services here which is to do with the mind and the body and yep. i'm like learning all about that in my role here mm-hmm. so i've kind of found a way like a to really intertwine everything i'm learning and doing and making it meaningful so that's something like i'm all about like if you can just see how much value you're getting out of a single action and yep. um Know, make that happen that's yeah it's gonna give you more motivation to do to get up every morning and do the things you do yep no that's well said man and like what do you do you have any kind of broad ideas of future goals maybe associating with this place and obviously there's probably a lot of ideas going on about revealing too much anything else you plan to do with this uh yeah i have sort of a, i have my visions and yep. i have i've got got no limit Yep. On my visions and goals, and I know I can achieve it. I know yep. it's all happening. Um, like with this place here, we provide tools for self improvement, the human potential tools. And I'd, I'm going to make sure that one day I do have one big and multiple locations, one big facility over, um, yeah, with different multiple locations internationally that provide uh, you know, these types of tools and services. And it's going to be like a whole. Yeah, facility where you can go in and practice meditation. Yep. You can learn something. You can do some rock climbing, some gym yep. work, and it's just all about human potential. Um, I know next year I'm going to make an effort to fly to Thailand every month, yep. explore some ideas there. Um, in Copenhagen, there's kind of exploring an idea of opening up a digital nomad space, and also in Thailand, I want and over here I want to explore um, combining sort of neurofeedback with the VR. Yep, and you know, like, just because, you know, obviously you're a good friend of mine and that and I'm not being biased or anything like that, but I've seen the benefits and and different people you've had here and how much, like, uh, you know, better they feel after, you know, the neurofeedback and the flow. Even someone myself, obviously, I haven't dwelled as much as I can because now I'm unemployed. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, life. like, even coming out of a float and just if you just want that, if you can have that sense of your mind just kind of shutting itself off, being in that nice, tranquil moment and you do transcend and it's a beautiful moment and, you know, highly recommend anyone out there, you know, just once, even if you just want to come in and just say, hey, like they're pretty, pretty good and it makes up a home as well, you know, have a party. Yeah, man. <laughs> come, <laughs> nah, come on through, eh? Yeah. Like, yeah, the more the merrier, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things it's obviously just mainstreaming now but obviously someone just hearing about it the first time thinking like what the fuck you know like <laughs> yeah. uh, it does have what some is real, this? you know yeah. it's very good benefits man well i suppose we should try and wrap it up but um on the end note i like to ask the same question to everyone and uh, uh what was it? oh that's right if you could give one piece of advice to anyone out there that's just, you know, may have an idea of what they want to do, but have a bit of fear into it. You know, obviously you did what you overcome with that, obviously facing that fear and open this kind of business, which isn't an easy thing to do. What one piece of advice would you give maybe in a quote or anything like that to anyone out there that's trying to do the same thing? 
Uh, just, I can just cultivate that self-belief, whichever way you want to do it, but uh, you're definitely worth it, man. Just If you're not living the life you want, if you're not 100% happy, then find ways to achieve that. And I think the first step is to know that you're worth it. Uh, if you're alive, then you deserve it. That's look at it that way. Um, if yeah, I think every our normal state is to, like I said before, is to be that that level or that state where we're yep. just sort of just happy and in, in that flow state and enjoying life and having ma- meaningful connections and inspiring mm. people. And um, if you're not at that level or feeling in that in that space, move towards it, man. Take one step at a time and yep. just yeah, go towards it. There's so many tools out there, man. So many we have so many resources in the 21st century, and um, things are just. Yeah, evolving and getting better, man. Um, just, yeah, join the ride. That's good, man. That's be well said. And if anyone needs any info, um, how can they get contact or if they want to talk to you or anything like that? Just uh, come visit me at Altered States Float. So our address is Unit 333 Gympie Way in Willerton. Um, yep. Want to like us on Facebook. Page name is Altered States Float. Yep. And our website is www.asfloats.com.au. So, um, yeah, give us a message through there. I'll answer. And um, feel free to come by and just, yeah, chill out at the back in our chill out spot here. Cool, man. Like I said, any questions on that, ask Hayden. He's better at explaining than I ever will be. But, yeah, just do it. It's awesome. Just do it. Yep. I like, <laughs> like this podcast. Exactly. Uh, man, appreciate it, Hayden. All the best, eh? And uh, hopefully the journey's not over yet. It's just starting and, you know, we'll have the same conversation maybe a year or two who knows but can't wait man yeah see how much more you've grown thanks for having me man and um yeah looking forward to burning man with you yep thanks man